0: You're listening to episode 17 of the We Got The Runs podcast. In this episode, we will do a recap of the 2020 Boston Virtual Marathon. Welcome to the We Got The Runs podcast. We're your hosts, Letty and Angela, and we invite you to join us as we talk about all things running. In this podcast, we talk tips, tactics, and strategies to make running a favorite part of your life. Hey runners, welcome to episode 17. Hey runners, yes, 17, exciting. Super exciting because today we're going to actually review the Boston Marathon. Yes, I can't wait to hear all about it. Yes, but before we do that, we are due to review a product that was sent to us by Zulu Audio. And that is the Zulu Audio Wearable Bluetooth Speakers. They were kind enough to send a pair for myself and one for Angela. And uh, Angela, how do you feel about those speakers? I really
1: like them. I wear them when I don't really want to go out and run, but I know I need to go out and run. I need that little boost of motivation to listen to my music. So they're great and really safe. You just clip them onto your shirt and you're able to listen to the traffic and everything around you while still listening to your music or whatever you want to listen to podcast maybe it's the we got the runs podcast (laughs) so they're awesome i definitely recommend trying them so how can people take advantage of this product
0: so if you want to buy a pair and try them out you can go to zuluaudio.com and our discount code for a 15 percent discount is wgtr
1: Next, we're going to do a listener review from Roadrunner. Roadrunner says, inspiring. Five stars. I love listening to your podcast every weekend. Letty and Angela, you both are dedicated athletes. Your podcasts are fun to listen to, too. Thanks for keeping us
0: motivated. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Roadrunner, so much. That's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to inspire and entertain. So that review was awesome. And that said, we're going to move on to finally doing our very first recap of the 124th Boston Marathon. Woo! So Letty
1: actually ran in the, in the Boston Marathon. So we're going to hear from her along with several other runners who ran all across the world.
0: Yes, we'll have people from Australia, UK, LA, Boston, Oklahoma, and Colorado, I think. Might be wrong, but you'll hear it. (laughs) So let's start with Letty. Letty, how about you tell us about the race? All right, so this race was the virtual version of the Boston Marathon, which is the 124th Boston Marathon. First time ever to be virtual, as you all know. Um, it's one of the six world major marathons, a uh, point-to-point course from Hopkinton to Boston. And this race has been organized by the Boston Athletic Association since n- 1897. So usually the Boston Marathon is held on Patriots Day on Monday, for, or third Monday in April in Massachusetts, and um, the weather, of course, always varies. You've heard of the Bostons when there was a lot of rain, and some of them are super hot. So this time, it's a whole different experience. Yeah, it's September,
1: and it's virtual.
0: So what an experience
1: to have. (laughs) Okay, so how about, Letty, you tell us what it was like when you got the news that the race would be virtual, and what went through your mind when you decided to register for it?
0: Okay, so honestly, I don't even know when they gave us the news that it was going to be a virtual because I am I was very anti-virtual races just because I had no interest in running 26.2 miles. And then um, we were, you know, due to COVID, deprived of races longer and longer. And all of a sudden, this race started sounding better and better. So honestly, I didn't pay attention to it. And then I didn't sign up till probably two days before the registration closed.
1: Wow, that's exciting. So what was it like with the registration? Was it any different than
0: regular race registration? Well, it was a lot cheaper. Um, And then all it was open for the people that had already gotten into Boston. So no new people were able to enter it. So if you qualified for Boston and were part of this year's Boston, then you're able to do the virtual registration for $50 so did you receive anything with that registration unfortunately i didn't but if you were within the first or among the first 15000 registrants then you were getting a box and the box would contain so it was like a you know typical boston color blue and yellow box and in that box there were all sorts of goodies including Cliff bar stuff, so cliff shots, cliff blocks, a unicorn sticker, a race bib, but not your original race bib, it was just a generic race bib that said 2020, a protein drink, and um, I think that's all that was in that box. That's really cool, though. Yeah, it's cool that you get a box. It makes, you know, it makes the race feel a little bit more real. Yeah, like you attended the expo
1: and you got the bag when you registered or when you got your bib and all of that. So that's
0: exciting. Exactly. So what was the virtual race expo? So the Boston Athletic Association did really well in setting up this whole race thing. So not only did they have a race expo, but they also had an app. So you're uh, able to download a whole brand new app, this platform that would mimic an in-person race experience. So they had um, all kinds of features in that app, including a possible expo that you could click on and you would see all the different vendors so let me tell you a little bit about but the app the app um, had real-time gps tracking so if you chose to you could run with your phone and have that um, be counted I don't know how accurate it was I heard from some people that it didn't actually work so well but I mean you know us runners we have that running watch as a backup anyway so um also with that app and the supposed tracking, people were able to follow you on the race course. So they could literally go meet up with you, your friends, if you gave them your uh, race number. That is so
1: awesome. That's like a real race
0: where they're, tra- they're able to track you. Yeah. And not only that, they also... Had um, audio cues that would play at certain mile markers. So if you were using the app, say you would run and you were at mile two, you would hear the cheering from the course at mile two. Unfortunately, I ran it the first weekend, so all those features weren't available yet oh. until that following Monday. But um, I mean, that's okay. So supposedly they also had um, Star Spangled Banner recording by the Boston Symphony Orca- Orchestra.
1: All these different cues that would allow you to experience what it it would have been like if you were in Boston.
0: Exactly. So that was pretty cool. That's such a cool experience. Was there anything else cool in that app? Yes, definitely. So you were able to do a whole bunch of DIY projects to replicate the Boston atmosphere at home. So you could print out your real April 20 um, race bib with your real number on it. Then you could print out some cheer cards that you could give your friends and family to hold, as well as mile markers and um, all kinds of stuff, uh, including a winner's break tape that people could run through. And uh, there was a photo booth for after when you finished it. What All kinds of stuff, Angela. I mean, really, they went above and beyond with this. That
1: sounds so awesome.
0: Yeah. And now, you know, now that we finished, all we were waiting for is a shirt. And then, um, a bottle opener, of course, and, um, <laughs> our long awaited medal.
1: Woo. You're gonna definitely going to have to post a picture of that medal.
0: Oh my gosh. So excited. Of course I will. I'll, I'll totally put on social media. <laughs> That's great.
1: All right, Letty. So how about you tell us about your race experience? So,
0: my hotel was 10 minutes from the starting line. <laughs> <laughs> so, I picked a place, an intersection, 10 minutes from my house. We started our day early in the morning at 4 o'clock, and um, it was my friend Wes and I, we met up, and... uh Our other friend Josh surprised us. We didn't know he was coming. I had mentioned the weekend beforehand that we were running our marathon at 4 a.m. but you know there was no follow-up with him or we didn't expect anybody to be there at four o'clock in the morning and um it's pitch black dark where we ran it because we ran it um we did a loop starting at a river that went up north for a couple miles and then through suburbia and then back on that same green belt and uh so, like I said, it was pitch black dark, and uh, suddenly Josh showed up and went his this carpool that we didn't know who was in it. So, we are like, oh, who is this? <laughs> Got a little bit scared, but then it was just him, and uh, we were super excited. Uh, gave us a lot of good energy, and um, believe it or not, we started playing the Star-Spangled Banner before our race. No way. We did. I'm going to play you a little audio snip from it.
1: that's awesome and then so how did your race go
0: it went um according to what i put into it so i'm a big believer and you get out of something what you put in and with no training and an injury i was pretty happy with it although at the time i was pretty grumpy so the race went well miles 1 through 18 went pretty smoothly didn't stop much except for to say hi to friends and have a chug of water and then after mile 18 i entered the i hit the wall and entered my own personal hell for a little bit um <laughs> you know, with a lot of stopping and a lot of uh trying different things to feed myself cuz i hadn't eaten before the race um and you know just not being in the best place but all in all it went um well and i can't wait for my boston medal so what was your race strategy throughout this process I didn't really have one. My race strategy was to finish it. Um, Not really the way I would normally prep for a marathon. And I think that came and bit me in the butt. You know, I hadn't done anything close to that distance since March. Um, The longest run that I did was a 12 miler. And that was one 12 miler (laughs) at like a nine and a half minute pace one day. And um, the rest was uh, slow miles and and and, you know very low mileage weeks so there was really no big strategy I woke up too late I did not eat anything Um, grabbed some cold coffee from the fridge and out (laughs) I was at the door (laughs) I love this
1: what would you do differently if you were to run that race again virtually
0: I would um, either be okay doing it the the exact same way I did it or I would train for it and uh, try to race it so I would um, have high mileage weeks, I would have some speed training, I would have a good breakfast, I would have a much better night of sleep, which I didn't have because my two-year-old decided to start climbing out of the bed that night. Oh, wow. <laughs> it always happens that way. Race right? night, night before the race, always. So just little, little tweaks here and there. I mean, I guess big tweaks, but.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then what was your post-race like, your post-race
0: experience like? All right. So my post-race was wonderful because I, A, got to finish, and B, you had left some pizza in my car (laughs) for me, (laughs) and I got to devour that. Honestly, I think considering the circumstances, you did a really good job. Well, thank you,
1: yeah, seriously. I mean, I ran only six miles with you, and
0: that was a hard run for me, <laughs> <laughs> but you noticed you told me that I wasn't even talking to you during that time because I was already getting into that bad headspace. Yeah, you were hyper focused I was
1: yeah, and yeah. that was that was right around the time that that's when I decided I had to go get you the pizza.
0: Because I knew you did not eat enough. I could see it. I could see it in your eyes. (laughs) Yeah, you know. I mean, you know, honestly, I did miss a real race. But, I mean, again, in a real race, I wouldn't have ever put myself in the same situation. I wouldn't have shown up like this. Yeah, exactly. Expecting to run a sub-330 without training that's you know ludicrous to me that doesn't happen so yeah you don't stop your watch in a real race and um I didn't really take it serious but honestly I really wanted to get the medal I want to have my Boston 2020 medal so yeah. I was going to do the distance no matter how no matter how much the foot hurt or how under trained I was and and um yeah and so I can say that I did reach that goal yeah, exactly. You
1: set the goal out that you were going to run Boston 2020, and you did it. Yay.
0: And then next year, Boston 2021 will be the redemption race. Yes, that's awesome. And it's going to awesome. have to be a sub-320. Woo! I'm saying it. I'm putting it out
1: there. And there will definitely be pizza at the finish line.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you with it, too. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So enough about my experience. Let's move on. And – uh have you hear about our listeners' experience? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just 9 dollars
2: each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
0: We will start with Michael Young.
3: Michael Young here, just to talk about my Boston experience and the experiences that I've had with Boston. This year was my third Boston. The virtual was actually my third Boston Marathon. And it does count, everybody. This Boston Marathon does count. And I think what we've seen from around the world with what everyone's been posting on Facebook and social media is it really was a family and friends, Boston. The third Boston, this one being very special and very different, I did 2018 was my first. As we know, that was the monsoon, the frozen rain, the strong winds. And someone asked me what I thought of the Boston course after the 2018 race, and I said, I didn't actually see it. I saw a lot of my feet, but I actually didn't see the course at all, so I've got to go back now. My 2018 was meant to be a run and done, but... What struck me being out on course in that weather were the Bostonians. I, I was just inspired by the military, the police, the Bostonians standing out in that weather all day. Now, we were running and, yes, some runners got hypothermia and it wasn't a great race for the elites, etc. but we were running. So if we kept moving, we were okay. It wasn't pleasant, but actually it was really, I think, life-changing for a lot of us but the Bostonians stood out there all day in freezing rain and strong winds. And I thought, goodness, I've, I've got to come back. So 2019, a completely different experience, just a wonderful, wonderful Boston. Uh, my PB um, at this age, which was quite astonishing, and a really enjoyable weekend, good fun with good running friends in a great city who really loved the marathon. So then we come to 2020, and the disappointment, of course, of what's happened with the pandemic, the delays, the cancellations and things just disappearing. And there's interesting thought that people thought that virtuals are not real. Well, I don't know. We're all sitting at home doing our jobs virtually and I know my job's real. So when I look at racing and I look at running and people talk virtual, my, my approach is, no, it's just different it's real my body tells me it's real i ran the boston marathon on the weekend around a lagoon here in sydney at Narrabeam. so it was different yes but actually it was quite unique and i'm going to remember that one just as much as i remember 2018 and in fact i'll guarantee in years to come in continuing to run boston 2019 will probably fade because that was a great run it was a normal run we had a lot of fun high fives ran the scream tunnel got thrown off course by doing that it was incredible but that one's a race 2018 will stay on my mind because that taught me and showed me that you know what i can do anything 2020 is different because of the people and the families and the support You know, as runners, sometimes we think that our families and our friends don't really understand us or they don't support us, and we go looking for like-minded people that understand when we talk about splits and we talk about cadence and we talk about everything else. But this year showed me, and I think it showed a lot of others, that underlying us quietly was this massive amount of love and support. So when our family and friends saw that... We were gonna race in a different space and it wasn't our dream. My experience in looking at social media and even my own family and friends was people made it special for us. They made sure that we had our Boston. And goodness, how good were the BAA? If you look at what they did, out of all of the races that were canceled and turns into virtuals, the BAA have just done an outstanding job. I mean, they need a medal themselves to make it so special. They made it feel as normal as it can, even though it was different. Um, with all of the promotion they did, the weekly emails, then the daily emails, even the after-party. So for me running Boston this year, very different. Um, I didn't have a great run actually. I trained extremely well and I always break my marathons down into three things. One is the training program. So I dedicate myself to the training program. When I finish that, I basically give myself a gold medal if I've done it properly. And I'm happy with that. So I'm really happy if the training goes well. Then there's the run itself. Very rarely do I enjoy a marathon running. It is an effort because I am chasing pace. I'm an absolute believer that my best marathon is still in me and I'm still searching for it and I'm still yet to find it. So when I head out in a marathon, I'm looking for a personal best every single time, every single time. So that one tends to hurt more than perhaps it should if I took it a little bit easier on myself. I'll get there eventually, I'm sure. But the race hurts. So I remember the marathons based on the effort and the energy and the pain. And then the third part is afterwards when we reflect. So for me, three parts, first part training, big tech, loved my training this year. It was through an Australian winter, which is rather unusual for us. The race, I was happy with the run. I was happy with everything that went on, running around the lagoon, doing Boston with Boston signs up, Citgo signs up. It was crazy. Um, Wasn't happy with the time, but then on reflection, happy overall with the experience. So that's really Boston for me.
4: And now we have Leslie Cohen's review. My name is Leslie Cohen, and I want to thank you so much for inviting me to be on your podcast today. Our topic is the virtual Boston Marathon, which uh, was just done by people over the last week or so. Uh, A little bit about me. I live in Santa Monica, California. I've lived here for many years, uh, ever since graduating from uh, undergrad. I went to law school at UCLA and have lived in Santa Monica ever since that time. Uh, Anyway... In terms of what I think the Boston Marathon kind of did for running and, and meant to me, I kind of had several main points. The overriding one is that everyone wants to be a part of something. And this virtual Boston Marathon really let us do that at a time when it's not safe to go to these big races and all be racing with each other. Um, and it, it's kind of my most optimistic view of people and runners in particular. We love to support each other. We love to be together. Um, it's also a great platform for fundraising and uh, getting, the, getting the message out there about how to do fun things, but also be safe. I myself organized two virtual races this year. They were called the Keep Your Distance 5K, 10K. The first one supported Public Council and the second one supported uh, Black Lives Matter we raised about $15,000 between the two events. So that's a little plug for fundraising with virtual racing. Now to my Boston. Uh, I was so lucky doing this in LA. I planned myself a course. It was challenging to plan because we have so much traffic here, but we started uh, up in Brentwood. I started with two friends, social distance apart. We ran basically downhill towards the beach and then ran along the beach path. Again, on the theme of being a part of something, the support that we got was unbelievable. We had one friend who drove her car to three different spots along our route just to take our picture and give us Gatorade. We had uh, one friend who ran the first 10 miles with us. We had another friend who ran the second 10 miles for us. Uh, Despite my concern about large groups, we had about 10 people greeting us at the finish, and they stayed in two different groups, five and five, uh, to keep it safe and even held up a little... um, finish line for us. We had a sit-go sign, a handmade one that looks very authentic if you want to look at it online. From the distance, it looks like the real thing. So that created our uh, Boston Marathon vibe, which was very exciting. And over the course of the day, and I think it, from your time in LA, you remember uh, what it's like running on that beach path. It's They've widened it, so it feels a lot safer in the pandemic than it might have. And we saw so many people that we knew and people that we didn't know that were running Boston. One of the things Boston did was gave us a uh, bib that you could put on. And you, you could print your numbered one or you could use the 2020. I just used the 2020. But it made me recognizable. So there was a guy who came up to us. We were running right about the same pace. And he said, are you doing your Boston I am too? And he was at mile 18. We were at mile 8. So we ran with him for a little while. We saw a group of guys, clearly big deal runners, kind of like you, Letty, like the real thing. And uh, they were wearing, they didn't have the bib, but they had those Tracksmith the Boston shirts with a big B on them, obviously running Boston. So it gave, gave us a chance to connect with people that we didn't know, uh, people that we didn't know. One friend who I haven't seen for probably a year came running up next to me saying, Hey, you look like you're at about mile three. Where are you? I'm like, Mile 19. So it was such a, a fun, and a social event but again in a very safe way. Um, I really, I'm so grateful to Boston and I'm really happy with how they put it together because they gave so much credibility to the concept of the virtual event. I've been doing virtual races all season because there's kind of nothing else to do but they made this one really real and meaningful and the community gathered really worldwide over it, and I'm very grateful to have been a part of it.
1: Next, we're going to hear from Katherine Ann Ergen.
2: Hi, this is Kathy Ergen. I'm from Minnesota, and I'll be 54 in October. Okay, here's my story. This was my first Boston, virtual or not. I had BQ'd three times and missed the cutoff. 2019 was really a bummer because I had a three-and-a-half-minute cushion but I couldn't quite get that four and a half minute cushion or whatever it was. So when I got over seven minutes this year, I thought, "Woohoo! we are finally going. So we started training in December, and I was going to do a race no matter what. So I ended up doing my own virtual in April when Boston was supposed to happen. And I came within three seconds of my PR, and I thought, wow, you know what? This really helps, you know? It's really good to see your hard work pay off. So – That's my deal. Um, Why would you do a virtual marathon by yourself? Why wouldn't we? I mean, we do it for ourselves. That's the main reason. I mean, the crowd is awesome. I love people screaming and yelling for me more than anybody, and I love the photographers and all that good stuff. But when you get down to it, we're really doing it for ourselves, and I've learned so much from running, from the confidence to just the you-can-do-it moments. It's just awesome. I, and I would still do another virtual again. Um, race morning. We got up at about 2.45 in the morning. We um, picked up some friends, and we went to the Twin Cities and ran around a lake eight times. The loop was about 3.4 miles long, and it had a little elevation. And, of course, every time you went around it, it seemed like it was going higher and higher. But uh, my girlfriend and I went together. We had no plan. But she started out, and then I started, and we were right by each other. And I thought, she's just going to hear me breathing behind her. So I ran up. I caught up with her. And we ended up running about 18 miles together with the understanding that, you know, if you feel like going, go for it. You know, I'm not going to feel bad. You're not going to feel bad. So we had a great time. We just visited. And then it hit about mile 18, and I thought, oh, I'm I'm feeling it. I said, Carrie, I'm going to go. I can feel it. So I just took off. And long story short, woohoo! I had almost a six-minute PR, five minute 58 seconds. So another good thing about a virtual is just imagine how you could do it with a crowd. It just gives you so much confidence. Um, we had a photographer there who took videos, and we had friends there who you could throw your water to. And then when you come around again on the loop, they would give it back to you or whatever. Um, we had about 25 people doing it. It was a beautiful day. I mean, it rained on the way there. The trail was wet, but it was not slippery. It was beautiful fog when we started. I mean, I just love that stuff. And so then, you know, the fog clears, and it just ended up being a beautiful day. The BAA, I think they did a great job. I mean, I'm sure it was awful for them to have to cancel it. I think they best they did the best they could do with under the circumstances. I mean, my closet is full a Boston Marathon clothing, and I am going to be proud to wear it, and I will wear it all the time, and I'm going to keep going, and yes, I'm glad I did the virtual. I'm excited to see what my future holds. You know, I guess that's the thing, again, with virtuals. If you're still training, it's so fun to try to get those mini goals and reach that fastest mile, that fast 800, 400, whatever, I mean, it's it's just, it's great. I just love running so much that I don't care if it's a race or not. But I'm finding that the training is really my favorite. And I'm a solo runner usually. So maybe that's what makes it okay for me too. But, yeah, give me the crowd, man. I'm all over that. Uh, we had two friends come watch us. They brought balloons and signs for us. And my husband ran it too. So that was really cool because I knew he was out there. So, um I'm saying so a lot, but I took it serious. I had three goals. Um, My first goal was to BQ. My second goal was to PR. My third goal was a stretch goal. And I hit all of them. And and I just went home and went, crap, I can't wait to see what I do in a real race. And this is so fun because I'm trying to hit my five minutes on the dot. And I want to tell you, thank you again. This was so fun. I love all my Facebook friends. And that's another thing that's really cool is to know that all of us, so many people were out there doing the same thing. You know, I was running in Minnesota. You were running in Australia or Germany or wherever. It was cool. So keep running just for you. It's all about you, the confidence, and the. it's just so fun. Okay, thank you. Bye.
0: All right, and our next recap is from Tim
5: Kenny. So my name is Tim Kenney, I'm 54 years old. I'm from Rhode Island, the tiniest state in the union. And although this is my fourth marathon, this is actually my first Boston marathon. Um, even though it's for me, it's a local race because Boston is just 40 minutes up the road. I, I know it like the back of my hand and I've had lots of friends who run it over the years. So, but this is the first time I've actually participated and I'm running for Dana-Farber Um, just because, um, I'm not, first of all, I'm not fast enough to qualify, but I've had, I'm running for the cancer society and Dana Farber, and I've had, um, one of my friends pass away actually at the beginning of this whole quarantine. So I'm running for her, um, and my ex-wife who has um, metastatic, um, breast cancer. So to me, even though the, you know, I was looking forward to an in-person race the virtual race to me seemed like I had to do it this year. Um, and it really, it was really motivating. And it was, it gave me something to look forward to with all this Corona craziness and um, over the summer. So, um, you know, it gave me some focus and I trained for it. And even though it was virtual, what I do for a living is I, I, I do multimedia so I thought, even though it's virtual, I can make a video and I can make it look like I was in Boston and just add all of these different elements. Um, some of the stuff that came in the toolkit with the app, I've already used to, to make video, like, for example, the finish line. They had an image of the finish line. I used that. So I just basically used my front yard as a green screen and I just underlaid the... Uh, the finish line over. So it looks like I'm actually running over a finish line. And I have to say the BAA did a great job. I mean, that, that app was pretty ambitious for having developed it over the last couple of months, specifically for this race. I mean, it deserve a lot of credit. I think.
0: I agree um, with you. For everything from toolkit to, um, Cheer cards and printable bibs and mile markers, all that stuff. Going into it, did you set yourself a starting time or was it just kind of like whenever you woke up and would feel like it?
5: So I wanted to start at 5.30. And so basically I ended up starting at about 6.30. How old are your kids? So my, my, I like to say my daughter is 21 going on 40 and my son is 15 going on eight.
0: <laughs> so you woke them up because they said they wanted to be there for your start.
5: They did and they were great. They were mm-hmm. great. So there's um, and they they really helped me out with the logistics and um, they drove around to certain designated areas and would take pictures and videos of me and hand me water and stuff like that and that's when at mile 8 they notified me that the the app the Boston Marathon app was not working. So I actually did a list of some of the challenges and the benefits of having run a virtual race in virtual Boston. So first of all, the challenges, number one, there's no or very little crowd support, right? I mean, my family was there, they were very supportive, but they couldn't be there every step of the 26.2 miles, right? And there's and there's an, a motivating energy that you get from other runners when you do it in person, that wasn't quite there. Um, and then with a normal in-person marathon, you have the whole infrastructure, right? You've got the porta potties, you've got the water stops and the aid stations. And I could have used an aid station at mile 17 when I <laughs> my leg cramped up. There were no chips. You get the chips inside the bibs, usually. There were no chips, so you had to rely on your watch. And then wearing a mask, too, um, I think is a challenge this year. When you run, I run on a bike path, so there are a lot of people. And so I'm conscious about lifting my mask up when somebody rides by me or walks by me. And then just kind of the instant gratification of not getting your medal when you're done, right?
0: absolutely i agree with that yeah because you do you did you have a finish line did somebody make one for you
5: i had a finish line i mean i used. uh they had a water table at my house in the front yard so i used basically the curb as my finish line um and so you know they all chaired me when i ran ran past it um and that's what how i overlaid the finish line graphic so it was pretty cool It's a much more personal experience with your family. So I think it's, I think it's been fun. There are no logistical headaches. You can roll out of bed, right? You don't have to go find your corral. You can choose the weather day. You know, you've got a range. So that was a benefit, I thought. Um, And most of all, I think it's a historic race. And I think this one, this race, this year will stick out as one that's historic. And I I've really enjoyed meeting some of the people on some of the groups and I think it's um I think it's a different way to bond for for this particular race and and share your experiences. This is really not a virtual marathon. There's nothing virtual about it. I mean, those it may be remote because we're doing it remotely, but those miles are real.
6: Next, we're going to hear from Brandy Lynn Parker. Okay. I am Brandy Parker. I am 42 years old and I am from a small town in Oklahoma. Um, I started running in about 2012. I had never ran before, um, never thought about running before. Um, I was overweight, just a lot of things going on. I didn't get serious with my running till about three years ago and then hired a coach a little over two years ago to help me on my journey to Boston. I am not a fan of virtual races of any kind. I am a known race addict. Anyone who knows me knows I love races. Um, In fact, I think 2018, I raced 52 times that year. Virtual races just do not appeal to me. So I was hesitant about doing the Boston virtual because that's, you know, that's, that's tough. I mean, that's 26.2 miles, you know, on your own. Um, And then I started thinking, you know, this may be the only time Boston ever has a virtual race. Um, I would have the medal, I would have the bib, I would have just all of the, you know, um, memorabilia from, you know, possibly a historic event, you know, at this time it is. And I thought, how cool would that be to have all of that? You know, I can, I can do this, you know, on my own. And so I committed to just doing the miles in my hometown, doing, you know, just my usual five to seven mile loops and running an easy pace. And so that was my plan, you know, just to take it easy. So I'd really gotten out of the mindset of racing when I decided to do that. Um, And then a few weeks ago, um, a running group or a coaching group in Oklahoma City, well, kind of the Oklahoma City area, Along with a running store, um, OK Runner, so it was Wahoo Running and OK Runner had come together and decided to put on an Okie Boston Marathon race, and so they actually, you know, had an official, you know, uh, timed race, um, sanctioned, certified, all of that. So I signed up for it, and it was small; they were only accepting up to fifty people, and you didn't have to have qualified for Boston to run in this; they were letting anyone. Um, but I signed up for it before I realized and really understood the course and the location and all of that. Um, Where I live, it is completely flat. There are no hills in my town. I have no hill training. Um, And this was a very hilly course, rolling hills out by a lake um, in South Oklahoma City. The elevation, I believe, ended up being more than what Boston is. So I went and drove the course (laughs) and was having a few panic attacks. It was also an unsupported race, so any fuel, water, everything they wanted you to provide your own, I and mean, it was very small. They ended up dropping cases of water every few miles on the side of the road for us, which was nice, but we actually ran on the road, and so you could have people drive up next to you and hand you things. I conned my oldest son, who just turned 23 yesterday, into coming um, to help support on the way, just in case I needed water or something wasn't available. So, um, (laughs) we started at, at, at six, it was pitch black, um, for about an hour. Um, I decided, you know, I'm a go big or go home kind of girl. So even though I knew I wasn't really prepared, you're going into it, I'm going into it. Like I'm going to PR it. And that's what I do every race, no matter, no matter what the first, you know, 13 miles, you know, I was doing well, 745 to eight, but I knew. I knew that it, it wasn't going to last, you know, you just you just know that it doesn't feel as easy as it should and um you know right off the bat I had dealt with plantar fasciitis for the past couple months but didn't feel it at all during the race but my feet were burning. They just felt like they were on fire the whole time and then IT ba- band injury from, you know, months and months ago that I've dealt with for for years all of a sudden decided to show up and you know my breathing I just felt like elephant on my chest. There was 100% humidity. So got through the you know first 13 and probably made it to about 16 before the walking started. Made it back and as I was coming probably less than a mile to the finish line. I knew that the course was going to be short and <laughs> that the finish line was not going to be 26.2. It was only about 25.8. So I have to run through the finish line and... You know, yell at my family and friends. Hey, I'll be back in a minute because I was just terrified that Boston wouldn't accept twenty five point eight. So, you know, they had me on video saying, you know, I've got to keep going. I'm not there yet. So, I got to the twenty six point two. It was in four oh four even. My PR is three thirty three. So, over thirty minutes off my PR. It was not even a BQ, much less you know a PR. So, it was devastating but it was good. I mean it was good. I'm I'm glad I did it because I needed some kind of closure to this never-ending saga. And um living in a small town, you know, I've been front page of the newspaper, you know, 2 to 3 times over Boston itself from trying to qualify and missing it by 3 minutes to qualifying and having a, you know, 6 minute buffer and, and it's big news, you know, and everybody talks about it and asks me about it all the time. And I just needed some closure and some ending to it. And so doing this kind of, you know, it gave that to me. I'm ready for, for the races to start again. I'm ready to have, you know, some solid training and, you know, get back to, get back to business.
0: (laughs) Now we're going to hear from Robert Fried. All right. I'm here with Robert Fried. I asked you to come on here because you ran the Boston Marathon and you're one of the few people that ran the actual course of it. So why did you decide to run it even though it's a virtual race?
7: Well, you know people call me back home in New York, uh you know you know Mr. boston or you know a double B, you know meaning uh you know b- b- you know they 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 see me as someone who's fascinated by the race, and I ran it to answer the question, I had to go back to Boston. I had to go back to Boston because if I was gonna put my body through a twenty six mile event, I wanted to make sure that. I go to Boston, run the course, go to Hopkinton, which is, is such a cool little town. Um, You know, it's kind of like in the middle of nowhere, 26.2 miles away from the finish line. And uh, I had a bunch of friends, seven of us decided to do this, run it with them. We ran together for about eight miles and then at the 8 mile mark these guys stopped to get water we set up water stops along the way and i said to them guys i don't want to stop if i stop it it's not a, it's not a um, uh, a full marathon i'm you know i don't want to stop and go so i continued and i never saw them again until the finish line the most exciting thing to me out of the whole thing was when i got to the half which was not a good halftime for me, very slow. I went through the half in one fifty-one. really just running 8.30 pace, okay? Just cruising, and I felt it felt so easy. So I, I said, you know what? Let's see if you can negative split the thing. You've already blown your PR on the half, and you're not gonna run a good race. You're not gonna run a great time here. So let's see if you could do something you've never done in a marathon. I was able to negative split the thing. It was no problem. Did you have water stops set up at all? Well, these guys, the friends of mine that we were gonna run together, they were water stops set up at eight mile mark where they stopped 16 and 21. I did not see it, the, the water at 16. And at the top of Heartbreak, I didn't see it either, but it was there, but they didn't, I didn't look in the right spot. So at 23 miles, um, I started getting cramps. Uh, hamstring cramps. I did not hit the wall. I just, my legs started to lock up. And I said to myself, oh boy, will this work for nothing? You know, do I walk it in? Do I jaw? I mean, I want me to finish. But I said, and this was probably the best thing I could say I did all day of this race. I said to myself, I've never stopped in a Boston Marathon in my life. And this to me Yes, it's not the race, but if I stop, I will have broken a streak. I will also, in my mind, failed Because I wasn't hurt. I was just cramping. And I gutted it out. And little did I know, as I came up going down Boylston, now I'm saying to myself, and this is crazy for all the people that are listening, a marathon is not 26.2. It's always 26.4, 26.5 because you don't run the tangents. Well at 26.2 miles, I'm looking at my GPS on Boston. And I was just coming up on the Prudential Center. And I said, do I turn it off here? Because that's all the VA wants to see. That's all we're required to do. And I said to myself, if I turn this off here, I did not run the whole race properly because I, didn't fi- I, I might finish, but no one's going to really know my real time. I had to run a quarter mile more because of the tangents. So, obviously, I did not stop my watch, and I'm running down. I see a crowd of people at the finish line, packs of people cheering, yet there's cars on Boston. And the cause literally stopped for me. Let me run because I was alone. Finished the race. And I hear cheering. And I cross the finish line. I see TV cameras. They got the whole thing on film of me finishing. I made the television six o'clock news. And I got to finish the Boston Marathon. You see me finishing, hitting my watch. And then it stops. And... I must say, out of all the Bostons I've run, this was probably be the, the most unique. I wanted to be part of the real course. And I could officially say that I, I ran the Boston Marathon again, not in a race, but the full course point to point, And did, and tried, pretty much tried for the, for what I wanted to do.
1: And next we will be listening to a recap from David Evans.
8: Thank you. It's great to be here with you. And, um, yes, so I did it. Um, it was, uh, last Monday and, um, I recently moved from, um, Franklin, North Carolina to, to London, UK. And, uh, so I'm here and, um, I'm here with my wife and, uh, it was a work day for her and I, I was gonna do it on Sunday and, and something came up and, and um, so I put it off and, and I had Monday off for, for Labor Day um, And so I, I just kind of went out tentatively, not sure if I was gonna be able to do it because um, Boston is my, my first major marathon and uh, earlier in the year, of course, um, I was lined up to do Boston and, um, and Chicago and uh, I was on a pretty good regiment with my mar- marathon training plan. I was, you know, doing speed workouts. I was doing my tempo runs. Um, I was hitting my long runs really pretty diligently. And then, um, and I had pretty high mileage for myself. I was I was up to like 300 miles a month. Things were going good. And then, um, of course, COVID came, and a lot of races got canceled. And uh, it got, a, you know, it. It got extended out. So I, I reduced some of my mileage, but I still tried to stay, um, along my marathon training plan. And, um, and then somewhere along the line, I, I kind of got injured. So, uh, I had a reduction of miles and, uh, and then with the, the relocation, um, things, uh, just running kind of took a, a back seat. So, um, so yeah, when I went out, um, I just went out and, uh, went to one of the Royal parks, uh, Kensington here in London and uh, Hyde park and green park. And, uh, just kind of with no real plan, just, just started the, my Garmin 945, put in my music. It was funny. I, even though it was virtual, I had all the pre-race jitters. Like I was like, okay, did I go to the bathroom? Do I have water? You know? And, um, but eventually I finally started my watch and I started running and um, really wasn't sure on pace or anything. So I started off good and uh, my, my left foot, which is the, the one that's been bothering me, it was, it was, it was good. I was, I was feeling pumped and um, I ran like the first half, you know, around a 7.30 pace. And, um, and then, um, and I was doing videos and, and doing live feeds as I was running like a fool um, posting to Facebook, you know, um, kind of trying to have fun with it, pretending I was in the race, um, yelling like a crazy person to other runners. Good job. We're almost there, you know, and, um, and, uh, and that was good. And then I guess it was, um, and it was beautiful weather here in London. Um, it's been really good the, the past seven days. And on that race day, it was, it was perfect running weather. Um, and then, um, but it started to get tough. Um, I guess it was around mile 22, like my, my right leg started cramping up and, and I ha- I was submitted to walking for uh, a brief bit. And I did a live feed and uh, one of uh, my, back in Franklin and we had a running group, one of the runners was up early enough, uh, kind of a, a legend in our little community, uh, an old Russell and, and he's like, Good job, Dave, and and like that was a little bit of motivation. I clinged on to that, and I was like, okay, I can do this, and just started kind of. And I trudged through kind of the the, the championship miles there at the end, and um, and and I decided to try to run from the parks up to where I'm staying in, in West London. They've got um, the Paddington Rex site, and they've got the uh, a track there, and, and uh, this is the the famous track that Roger Berinstein, or however you pronounce his name. uh, was the first human to, to break the four minute mile. And, um, and so my, my plan was to get on the track and try to time it perfectly where I do one lap and then be done. And, and, you know, hurrah. And, uh, and I got to the track and I only needed like 0. 0.12 and I was in such um, pitiful shape that I was like, I'm not going to run any further than I need to. So I, I like ran 0. 0.6 on the track and I was like, All right, this is, I knew it was enough. And I just ran back to the finish. And I stopped the watch and, uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was done and I, I you know, it, it was great. And, um, and of course all of my videos and live feed, I didn't even think about it. Like all of my friends and family are back in the U S East coast, West coast. So I've got a few friends like in India, a dude in Africa, and they were all in you know, a buddy in Australia. And so I had a few people kind of like cheering on them. I was taking selfies and, um, but it was a great run. And what was really surprising, just the, um, you know, the, the Boston Buddies, uh, you know, you, you I went ahead and posted on there like a lot of people were. And, um, you yeah, know, it was really great just to see other people posting the encouragement, you know, all the comments and like that. So um while I've never ran the Boston Marathon, you know, I think for a virtual race, like I really I mean, it, it was it was a great
3: experience.
1: That was awesome listening to all those different experiences, one race but from so many different people and so many different
0: locations and all really inspiring super inspiring and again shout out to the Boston Athletic Association for setting up such a good virtual race and um, yeah other places could totally look at the Boston version of doing this because this was really enjoyable in terms of a virtual race yeah that's such a good point I mean when you explain that
1: virtual expo it was like I'm in yeah yeah exactly right and the app made for it? Yeah. That's, a, that's an incentive to yes. do a virtual race.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. All right. So next we're going to be listening to our physiotherapist, Brody Sharp.
0: Hi, Brody. How are you doing?
9: I'm good, Letty. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. I have a question for you today from Dude Mermis. He says, my hamstrings hurt after each run, but not during the run. It feels like soreness. Is that normal?
9: Oh, okay. Um, Good question. Thanks, Jude. Uh, It would depend on like how long the soreness lasts for and when the soreness does come on. Um, So then we're getting into the topic of what is good pain? What is bad pain when it comes to muscle soreness? And (laughs) I guess... A good muscle soreness would be what we consider as delayed onset muscle soreness or DOMS, which most people would uh, experience when they go to the gym or they do an exercise that they haven't done for a long time. And their muscles are usually sore the next day or 48 hours afterwards. And it lasts maybe one or two days before you're good to go again. I would consider that's good pain because what happens is there's a fair few micro tears within the muscle itself, and that's necessary for the body to heal and recover and become stronger as a result of it. If you're saying that the hamstrings hurt after each run, then uh, let's just say the pain comes on later on in the day rather than the next day. I would say you've probably overdone things. Um, It would depend on how long the pain lasts for. So there's a couple of variables that would just depend on the advice I'd give. But uh, if you are noticing that the hamstrings in particular lasting a little bit longer or the, the soreness is a little bit too severe. One thing I would look at is your speed. Definitely if you're running downhill or if you're running fast, your hamstrings work considerably harder. And perhaps the hamstrings just aren't ready for that amount of load that you're putting it through. Um, so if you're constantly noticing the hamstrings are always sore, I would look at building up the capacity. So building up the strength with some strength exercises And in the meantime, just maybe backing off the pace slightly so the hamstrings aren't working as hard. And I do have a podcast episode that I've done myself. Um, It was on the Run Smarter podcast back on episode number 20. And the title was Understanding Good Pain and Bad Pain for Runners. And I delve into a lot more detail with that if you wanted to uh, learn more.
0: Thank you so much, Brody. And then is the podcast the best idea for our listeners to go to if they want to have more information about stuff like that?
9: I think so. Like the episode does go for, I think around about, or any episode goes for around 45 to 60 minutes. So it's all just based on that topic. In particular with that episode and episode 20, I um, jump on with uh, Dane Verway, who is a running coach and we both share our, our ideas around good pain versus bad pain. So It's uh, a topic that you um, delves into a lot more detail. So um, yeah, I definitely recommend checking it out if you want more information.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. We'll link that in our show notes then. Thank you.
9: You're very welcome.
0: Thanks, Brody. It's
1: always great learning new things from you and helping us to stay healthy and keep running. All right, runners. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope that you are inspired and motivated and we hope that you have a great week of running. Talk to you soon.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. As always, we hope that we were able to provide you with something of value. Make sure you like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. Our account you can find under WGTR podcast. Thanks. Until next time, have a great week of running.